So I had my kids watch An American Tale tonight. Good. They didn't like it. What? Yeah. I was a little disappointed. I feel like we continually get reports about them not liking things. What do they enjoy? (laughs) They like the Lego Avengers videos on Netflix. There's more than one? There's two. There's... Avengers Super or Maximum Overload. Oh, and then there's there's the one with the snow. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, that was Maximum Overload. Well, I mean, there's like the, a, a regular one and then, okay. No, no, okay. I think I've seen both things. Okay. I know what we're talking about now. <laughs> okay. One, a funny joke that I don't remember from my childhood was when the cat asks uh, Fievel what his favorite book is. Fievel says, the brothers Karamazov. The yes, I laughed. Yeah, I missed that when I was five. Yeah, I was going to say I, <laughs> I lol'd on that one. That is a great joke for now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this is probably why your kids didn't like it because you were laughing at everything, and they were just like, "We no, don't I, know why he's laughing." <laughs> that was the one time I laughed. Okay. Um, I sat there. <laughs> the rest is just sad because it's about immigration and how life isn't better in the u.s and crap happens to them people are people take advantage of the immigrants and but at least they fight back you probably wouldn't have come to the country if you had been told there were no cats in america (laughs) you're right i wouldn't but (laughs) those mice sure did i feel like i missed the message about how things weren't actually perfect when they got there because I lived in Singapore when I saw this movie, and I remember wondering if there really weren't any cats and if the streets were really paved with cheese, (laughs) (laughs) which I was meh on the cat thing, but the cheese thing, I mean, I liked cheese, so it sounded good. (laughs) Wait, had you developed your allergy at that point? This was like right before the allergy kicked in, so... I was at the my lifetime peak of cheese consumption. Grilled cheese, macaroni and cheese, little cubes of cheese squished in Ritz crackers. Did you know they make macaroni and cheese grilled cheeses? What? It seems a little ridiculous. They do lots of stuff now. I next you'll be telling me they make chicken soup sandwiches. Um they <laughs> or tortilla soup tacos or something. Like why? I've seen macaroni and cheese pizzas. The topping is yes. macaroni. And I've heard of that, but I, I know, I know. The Doesn't bread is in the noodles. You don't need the I pizza know. crust. People, people. That's all I have to say. People are really into combining foods, and sometimes you just don't need to combine them. Yeah. I thought for sure the kids would like the movie. And then I could use that as a jumping off point of talking about social justice. But. Oh, okay. So maybe the social justice lecture was the reason they didn't like the movie. I didn't get to that point because they didn't like the movie. (laughs) Okay. I, I feel like we're at the point in our life where we expect the children around us to appreciate the things we loved as children, but, uh, the production values have really changed (laughs) since then. Oh, so we're at the point where we complain about the kids today because they just... Yeah, just... kids these days. Yeah. They oh. don't appreciate an American tale. I, I can't wait till we have a label for them. I have a, like... Kids these days. They don't like Fievel. They're killing the housing market. 
I have a 30 second thing that will maybe surprise you. So I, there was a point recently when I was in a restaurant and the song on that you could hear playing on the speakers was dream on. If that's actually the name of the song, the Aerosmith one. And it was just getting to the like dream on part. And on some local TV, they had an ad for the justice league for the DVD coming out soon. And I was like, you know, set to this song, this looks like it could be a decent movie. <laughs> Not like a decent movie, but I was like, this makes it look like a better movie than it probably is. And I don't, I felt like it was worth commenting. Like you guys would appreciate that somehow. Going back to an American tale real quick. I was, uh, so watching through it, it was a lot scarier than the kids are used to watching. And I was thinking, well, I watched it when I was their age. So we're just going to push on through this. But there was a part where there was like an eyeball in a jar and I had to tell them that the, the waves were not actually a giant sea monster, but (laughs) it was, so I had to do a lot of explaining and I think maybe that part is partly why they didn't like it. Um, because it's it was a little more intense than they're used to. But it's just weird how I watched that as a kid and it wasn't a big deal. Like I there were parts that I was a, I was a little bit scared of, like the giant mouse of Minsk, but or the secret weapon. <laughs> but looking at the stuff that we have the kids watch now, they're a lot more sheltered, I guess. I don't know. Can you remind us what the secret weapon is? The giant mouse of Minsk. It's like oh, okay. the balloon machine mouse that they have. Oh, okay, that's right. Fireworks. Yeah. Okay. You mean um, you haven't watched this like two weeks ago? <laughs> it's on Netflix if you want to. <laughs> what about Five Will Goes West? Yep, they've got that one too. Great. I was going to. I liked that one better. I was going to let them watch that, but they didn't like an American tale. Maybe if I tell him there's one where he's a cowboy or a cow mouse. Yeah. That one's a lot more exciting. I, I liked it anyway, even though I didn't understand a single one of the references to old Westerns. Like, <laughs> um, that, were also you, he's like, he's lost f- for an extended period of time. Can't find his family. That's kind of, that can be rough. Yeah. Kids movies were rougher back then. They're more real, I guess. Yeah, I loved kids. I loved movies that were about kids getting separated or orphaned. <laughs> that was like my fantasy. <laughs> Wait, what? We, my sister and I, would always play like we were orphans. Like that was like the go-to. But that's because all the stories were about orphans or children who'd been separated from their families, like Boxcar Children, Annie. Um, other ones that I'm not thinking of right now. An American. There's a lot of orphans. Yeah. Bambi. Um, <laughs> so, um, were you yet a cat person when you saw this as a child? Uh, yeah, he was a cat person in like preschool because he told, us that, he told us that story <laughs> about how they had pulled the class and he was one of two people oh, that's right. that liked cats. <laughs> and then he had to change his vote because of the force of the majority. And he felt bad about it. Wait, they made you change your vote. No, they didn't make me change my vote, oh. but I felt 
bad about being different from everyone. So okay. I gradually fell into the delusion of thinking that I liked dogs more. That's right. Um, anyway, my the reason I'm asking is I was going to say maybe your kids didn't like the movie that much because they didn't like that the cats were bad guys. Yeah. That but that would have been the same thing for you. So shall we move on to other topics? <laughs> do we need to do our intro? Sure. Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Trevor. I'm Matthew. Nimini on Dustin. Are you learning Finnish or something? <laughs> Google Translate is helping me. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> Well, I guess I've got the first piece of follow-up as well as all the other ones. So should I just jump in? <laughs> yeah. Okay. First and the most important thing we're going to talk about on this episode, we have follow-up on middle names in Star Wars. Um, I was just I... talking with Janelle about this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did she think of anybody? No, I told name? her, like, generally people don't have middle names. Okay. And I told her about Princess Nerys, and I'm just kidding, <laughs> Padme. Um, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we, it was during dinner, so okay, yeah. So the like pretty much the only one we could think of last time we talked about this was uh, Padme Amidala Nabari, but that's really first name, regal name, family name. It's not really quite a middle name. Before I started brainstorming and searching on my own, I asked Betsy if she could think of any. And she immediately, without hesitation, responded, BB-8. <laughs> so there's a second one for you. Jar, jar. Um, I, she then, yeah, she also started listing like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Jar, jar, binks. I was like, no, no, okay. Um, I was only going to mention BB-8 though. So anyway. Yeah. Um, there's Lore Santeca. That's the old man that Poe abandons to his death at the beginning of Force Awakens. What's his middle name? San. Oh, okay. But I don't feel like that's really a middle name either because it feel I have no idea what the actual formulation is, but it feels more like a Vaughn kind of situation. Yeah. I just thought that was part of his last name. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like you would call him... Mr. Tekka. Right. Like you always say his full name, Laura Santeca. But that's because we knew him for like 15 seconds. So not a lot to go on. Also, way to go, Poe. <laughs> yeah. He's a nice guy, apparently, I'm told. <laughs> he's only responsible for hundreds of deaths. <laughs> okay. So I found four, three more. Um, all, can I look at the list yet? You can look. Er, yeah, you can look at the list. Okay. Um, I found three from Rogue One alone. So I guess Gareth Edwards was into middle names or whoever was naming characters for him. Cassian, Jaren, Andor, Galen, Walton, Urso, and Orson, Callan, Krennic all have middle names. Nice. 
Um, there is a famous expanded universe character named a name that I cannot pronounce. Mithronruodu, something like that. He is more commonly known as Grand Admiral Thrawn. But uh-huh. it can be noted the name Thrawn is actually taken from the middle of his full Chiss name. Um, and he's probably like the most famous expanded universe character. And he has now been brought back into the canon through uh, the TV show Star Wars Rebels. So Thrawn is essentially his middle name. He goes by his middle name. A lot of people do that, especially when they become yeah. seasoned professionals. Actually, my screen name that I use on Twitter is similarly formulated. Oh, yeah. Because it's from the middle of my high school screen name that I will not speak. <laughs> um, okay, I thought of another one that is not on this list, but there is another character. Um, I can't remember what his position is. But his name is Mahdi. His last name is Mahdi. It's like, maybe it's Chief Mahdi. I, I can't remember his position. He's one of the guys who works on the Death Star. Yeah. And I think the story here is that George Lucas was on Conan's talk show. And Conan asked George Lucas what that guy's full name was. And George Lucas responded, Conan Antonio Mahdi. <laughs> So, Mahdi officially has a middle name, Antonio. He's either general or admiral. Really? Yeah, from my recollection of yeah, um, he the Star Wars book that I read. Okay, yeah, I don't think he's a chief because he's higher up than Bast. M-O-T-T-I? Chief Bast, not Panther Goddess Bast. Chief, no, it says chief, chief of the Imperial Navy. Oh, rank of admiral aboard the Death Star. Okay, it's always so interesting when we read wikis on the show. Um, okay. And the most famous character I know of with a middle name, and I'm ashamed that I didn't think of this immediately. It is Wicket W. Warwick. Yay. I like the Ewoks. The W used to stand for Wistry. It canonically has no official full version, but it might as well be Wistry. So we'll get W work. Why doesn't it have a full version now? It just hasn't been defined. It's not, <laughs> it's not like not Wistry. It's just not yet been defined as Wistry officially. It's like if there's some ship and like, they just hadn't told us how long it was yet, but like, it's still the same length. Anyway, that's all I've got on middle names. So there are some of them, especially in rogue one. Um, but they're not terribly common. And it does seem to be, well, I was going to say a staple of Ewok culture, but I'm pretty sure he's the only Ewok with more than one single name. Because <laughs> all the arrests are just like Paplu or uh, Tebow. Tim? <laughs> I do think of the Ewok every time people mention that football player, yes. <laughs> he's a baseball player now. All right. I don't understand the question and I won't respond to it. <laughs> If it makes you feel better, pretty much no one else does either. <laughs> it's confusing for everyone involved. But he's in the minor leagues, right? For I the think they brought him Mets? up at some point, didn't they? I don't know. I don't follow close enough. It's the Mets. <laughs> it feels like his whole personal brand is a better fit for baseball. 
Matthew, I feel that you should be a closet Mets fan because of your love of Spider-Man. Not closet, but like a, a secondary Mets fan. I do have a undying gratitude to the Mets for a reason I don't probably want to mention in this because Trevor will get mad that we're going too far into sports. And then, yeah. <laughs> Is it something that they did to the Cubs? Oh, yes. Ooh, ooh, tell I, me. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, They... they Cubs made it's a when the guy cut the ball, isn't it? What? No, I'll let you finish. No, it was um, the year in 2015. They got to the championship series, and the Mets were decent enough, but they just shut the Cubs out and made them look like a um, completely amateur team. Okay, I was thinking of essentially the same thing in a different year. Also, the one of their pitchers is named Thor. As a, um, whatchamacallit, nickname. Licensing deal? <laughs> it's a little dumb because I think he's named that because he's just Nordic. <laughs> and he has a name that people are like, oh, geez, uh, let's just call you Thor, buddy. <laughs> I used to know a guy who, he was young and muscular and blonde and tall and I remember the first time I saw him, I thought, that guy looks like Thor. And then the second time I saw him, he was wearing a Thor t-shirt. Yeah. And then I heard shortly thereafter that he was, in fact, called Thor by a lot of people. Good story. It's better than being called, I don't know, Odin or Loki by a bunch of people. <laughs> I have more follow-up. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> yes, I do. I'll take that as a yes. I just said yes, ago. I do. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Many episodes ago, we spoke briefly of John Henry. I really like John Henry, but we didn't talk about it very long. Um, and this isn't really about what we talked about then, but I just heard on a podcast today that there has been some research and John Henry is definitely a real person. And the first American superhero. He is the first superhero. Yes, first American superhero. Definitely a real person as well. And, um, I will, I'll give you a link in the show notes to this podcast. Show notes can be found at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 32. But I, hmm? I have a question. Yeah. Did this podcast call him an American superhero? No. Okay. Because that was my point in our previous discussion about yeah. John Henry and you shot me down. Did but I? then you accepted it this time, so I was a little confused. Did I shoot you down? I felt maybe not. I don't know. You do like shooting. I had people to put down. a lot of. I had to put a lot of qualifiers before you were just like, oh, I. I guess I'll accept it. I. <laughs> I honestly don't remember what side of the discussion anybody fell on. I just remember talking about whether or not that was the best term, or if there was possibly a better term. But that has really nothing to do with the follow up. <laughs> Um, so this, this podcast is called backstory. It's one of those shows that I subscribe to and listen to maybe like half or third of the episodes. Um, just if it's something that interests me, they tend to kind of, they just like pick a topic and dive into the history. And this episode is American myths and legends. And are they really true or what is the truth about them? And anyway, it's, this one historian has actually found historical records of John Henry and 
the reason they were able to do this is because he was um he was actually a prisoner so there are records of his incarceration and death and so he was actually much more depressingly than first american superhero he was actually one of the first people or he was in the first batch of people who were swept up in mass incarceration after the civil war when mass incarceration was being structured to essentially replace the labor force that had been lost with slavery so it's kind of depressing yeah it is that is but he beat the machine yes and that part is actually probably true because the steam drills at the time were not good at all and by the time the the song started getting more spread out um the steam drills were a lot better and so the the legend kind of took on a a much more fantastic element because people were comparing John Henry of many years earlier with the much better steam drills. Um, but the ones he would have been working with or against would have been much slower and prone to break down. And he was not a mountain of a man. He was actually like five feet tall. That was my favorite part. <laughs> So he was actually a dwarf in disguise in that he was good at delving through um, rock with a hammer and was of diminutive stature, but obviously possessed of superior physical abilities. That comment ended up being far more insightful than I thought it was going to be at the beginning. (laughs) Um, But yeah, to get through the tunnel and have room to swing the hammer, they intentionally used small guys for that job. But I won't say any more about that. Uh, people should go check out that backstory episode. John Henry is much cooler now, now that I know more about him. And by the way, swept up in mass incarceration does not in any way mean guilty. And they actually have, uh, that's one thing they talk about on the show is that he was almost certainly innocent of the crimes he was accused of. And that's not just speculation. It's like from the records, they can tell that. Isn't, is uh Shanghaiing? is that kind of what? What is Shanghaiing? Shanghaiing is when somebody would get kidnapped and like indentured on a yeah, boat. Yeah, like impressed basically. into service. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's kind of like the mass incarceration impressing into service, but not in the same. Yeah. Way. I mean, it's different it's mechanisms, similar. similar idea. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, the, the person on the other podcast has much more to say and much more eloquent about it so cool i've already added it to my podcast queue okay time for a fin fact i would say so do it all right so when you think of finland obviously you think of beautiful resorts and um, vacation getaways and so if you are interested in traveling to finland to spend your vacation um may i suggest visiting oh boy i hadn't pronounce the pronounce or uh, practice the pronunciation kaxlautanen arctic resort here you will find such amenities as uh dog sleds and you guessed it saunas but more interestingly the video has like four saunas (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you go to the website that 
I don't know. Should we include the website in the yeah. show notes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Send these okay. guys some business. So <laughs> if you go to the website. Maybe we can get a sponsorship going. That would be pretty cool. Free stays. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, it just looks magical watching the video. Um, but the the main attraction are these glass igloos that you get to sleep in uh, so that you can watch the northern lights as you fall asleep. Although they do have a disclaimer that says we can in no way, shape, or form guarantee the northern <laughs> lights and please don't get mad at us. And you, they recommend <laughs> many layers to sleep successfully and in the glass igloos and recommend you eat chocolate before doing it. I what? I can't see any reason why you wouldn't want to eat chocolate. Did they actually before. recommend? Did um, they actually so you say have that? energy to survive. <laughs> Did they? Are you making this up, or does it actually say you should eat chocolate? They say eat chocolate to have energy. It, it was in there in somewhere. <laughs> what about coffee? Say they, that too. <laughs> I mean, the Finns are known for their coffee consumption. I think they want you to See have something episode, whatever. calorically intense to keep you warm over the cold winter nights was the idea. This just I, feeds into Dustin's statement that this is fantastical because I feel like that's like a common fantasy trope is that somebody goes through something and somebody's like, here, eat this chocolate, it'll help. <laughs> But can you imagine sleeping in a glass igloo with the northern lights going over you? That would be cool. I While with... you're hanging out with your new best friends, a reindeer and several huskies. Yes. <laughs> I, I can imagine sleeping in a glass igloo with the northern lights overhead and reindeer outside. And I'm pretty sure it would be almost identical to being asleep in my own bed. But I do find it pretty interesting to imagine being awake in that same bed. With the northern lights overhead. Har har. <laughs> I have all the best jokes. So this is I just for an idea of how far north and kind of remote this is, I neither of you can look this up, which one of you probably will, but take a stab at how long of a drive this is from um Helsinki. I mean it's not even that big of a country, right? It's in Lapland. You have to fly to Lapland, not or some. I don't remember where the. You could drive, so that it, you could drive from Helsinki to this place. to this place. Yeah, I'm gonna guess um, five hours. Do you want to feel the guess, Trevor? Or do you want me to say it? Just say it. It is about a 13 hour drive. What? Holy moly! Okay, so the reason I didn't want to guess is that I knew that whatever I said would illustrate my lack of understanding of the size of the area. So. I would have thought five was like the high end of the, I said I'd wanted to hide my ignorance, but now I'm just displaying it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Finland for the, like Helsinki's almost to the Southern tip of the. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where Hels or before you shared that, I wasn't really sure where Helsinki and was. If you Finland. continued driving completely North, you'd might have another two hours at most before you ran out of country. So you're pretty close to the northern extent. But they recommend flying. Like once you get to Helsinki, you just... You'd have another two hours before you end up in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't a risk board. (laughs) You don't just hop onto the line and you're there. (laughs) Oh, actually, if you kept going north, you'd hit... You might hit Svalbard, depending on... And then you get... Ooh, there are polar bears there. I was going to ask about that. Then you get to hang yeah. out with armored polar bears. Armored, yeah. 
armored polar bears the best. So Matthew, how much does it cost to stay in one of these igloos? I'm glad you asked. The base price that I'm seeing as the most affordable is I'm taking a stab at a conversion would be roughly about $500 for a night. That's it? Oh, for the igloo? That's no, it. Sorry, for the... No, no, no. For I'm the... trying to make it sound like a good deal so that we get some kind of... Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, no, it, for the igloos, I think it was closer to like 700 Is it? Let me see if I... Totally worth it. I mean, Small it's Small gonna... glass igloo. 491 That's it. 491 per night. Euros? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that might be actually un- that might be like six fifty or something. I oh, there's also come on, guys. We have plenty of ways to figure this out. Four ninety one euros plus a thirty euro process dollars. <laughs> it is six hundred and four U.S. dollars and fifty three U.S. cents. Oh, that's we... not that's not bad at all. I mean, in terms of terror, I... would this be a good idea to introduce our Patreon account? <laughs> <laughs> in terms of luxury resort things, it's it's something you could do it's not like exclusively only for the ultra rich out there so i think that's right the northern lights are for everyone yeah as are you can't take the sky from me but it's nice to know that somebody out there is capitalizing on the natural resources of looking at the sky and seeing cool (laughs) things and hanging out and befriending huskies you keep taking that away from us I like the part in the video where the reindeer are walking and one of the reindeer just like keeps slipping to the side and he's like, he's just having a little trouble, but he's still really cute. Oh, I commented to Trevor that I'm glad that there is not a Yeti infestation in, in uh, Finland because otherwise I would just have night terrors of if I was staying in those glass igloos. The glass igloos say, even if the mercury dips to minus 40 degrees centigrade outside, and I was like, oh nice, that's when it's the same temperature in Fahrenheit, so that makes it easy there. (laughs) The temperature inside is a consistent minus 3 to minus 6, so that's nice. (laughs) I was wondering, I was thinking it must be expensive to heat those glass igloos, but there's an answer they don't. (laughs) They they give you a... They use the sunlight. (laughs) This is why they recommend eating chocolate to live. (laughs) You will literally just be burning the chocolate for heat inside your body. That that they is what they're saying. Don't only have glass igloos. They have some pretty nice looking cabins. Yeah, there's plenty of that include an igloo section. Not really an igloo section. Just in case you wanted to throw stones. Oh, the cabins do. Oh, nice. Yeah. If you just if you go to um hmm, click on the accommodation and then glass igloos and then scroll down one thing below where it takes you automatically. I'm just going to look at one of these, like... The uh, Kalo glass igloos. So when Dustin first explained the glass igloos to us, and Matthew said, there's a notice that they cannot guarantee... I thought that sentence was going to end. They cannot guarantee that the snowfall will not cover the glass igloo and hide your view. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully they have a system for that. Well, it comes with a broom. A broom? Oh, look at the uh, wedding chamber. That that's kind of I don't know that I like that. The chapel thing? No, accommodation wedding chamber. It's an earth lodge. Is this like Okay. It looks like you're inside of a ship kind of. Nice. You can do a traditional Finnish house, which is kind of cool looking. It's got an interesting uh oven. Can yeah. you just stay in a sauna? Saunas I probably. Why not? I don't <laughs> think that they would recommend that 
It'd be nice and warm. <laughs> you got to eat a lot of chocolate. <laughs> Did they spell marvelous wrong? They spelled it the Finnish way. Okay. There was a point where they, what? There was a word very misspelled. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to like. Did they spell Kaxlatan in wrong? <laughs> no, I'm just um, Santa's home. It is in Lapland. I bet people just love it when we read websites. <laughs> well, I would recommend going to this place if you want to get away from all the stuff happening here. <laughs> While you won't find widescreen TVs or dishwashers inside, you can enjoy even better sources of entertainment. Wait, they're counting dishwashers <laughs> as a source of entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> okay to finish the sentence they were setting up even better sources of entertainment a fireplace and a sauna and i understand what they're going for there so that's fine but i just love the dishwashers (laughs) oh dear okay i'm going to spam the chat with uh their instagram pictures of reindeer oh yes please do that is a nice shot of a reindeer this one this one looks pretty awesome. The first one definitely looks like it means business. Oh, that one does look cool. He That one means business. I don't know if I could be that guy. <laughs> a little more. I'm going to have to link a bunch of Instagram photos in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse things. Not many. Like not going to meet some reindeer friends. And... Oh, this is so motherly. Oh, is it a or baby? Snapchat. Is it a baby reindeer? It's a baby reindeer. I'm going to make noises. No, it's a baby reindeer. (laughs) What's what's wrong with this guy? One commenter is just like having a crisis over whether or not they should name the baby Aurora or Borealis. (laughs) As if those reindeer names weren't used long ago. This this reindeer looks... He's missing... Looks really right. lopsided. You did what with my horn? <laughs> He's missing one of his one antlers. Of his not horns, sorry. Antlers, hats. He's missing one of his hats. <laughs> Ooh, you could go on this sleigh ride. Really, guys, <laughs> spare no expense going to this place because it's all worth it. It certainly seems like it. Is there an option to get a sleigh or sled that is pulled by a integrated team of both dogs and reindeer? <laughs> I will look into it. Okay. You know, guys, if we go in on one of the big cabins, we can probably get it cheaper than if we just went for individual rooms. I'm just saying. And we can take a, we can live podcast. from. <laughs> Leave our wives behind and do like the time we did a road trip and camped. Oh, I yeah. was thinking families come, but that would work too. No, it wouldn't. I'd get yelled at. Just, just the three. We can only afford the three of us. <laughs> Does it the price go up if you have more people? I didn't get that impression. I thought the price was the same. I think the price goes up if you have more fun. Oh. <laughs> what is a horse safari? I think you ride a horse. You get to see the one horse that's made it in the wilderness out here. <laughs> oh, I think this is a summer activity. Based on the fact that they're only wearing like yeah and you really don't want to go in the summer because you have no northern lights yeah also no darkness (laughs) all right well i'm not gonna look at any more pictures as i load more 
Oh, wow, that's a lot more pictures. Wait, I'm... I like they they have all of these. They have this giant carousel photo slider thing on the front of the webpage, and it has several items just talking about the the magic and glory of the winter and the northern lights. And then there's one slide that just says Arctic summer is pure magic, but there's like absolutely nothing to convince you of this fact. <laughs> there's like all these photos and the other ones, but just one slide for summer. Then there's a summer video. and Oh, you can do ice fishing if you're into that. Dustin. I guess this is like a sunset or something happening here, but it's like also super foggy. I so have like, an imp- it looks like winter anywhere else. I don't know. I have an important question about this husky you posted a picture of with the heterochromia. Mm-hmm. Is it a mystical husky and is it going to give me advice or come after my soul or what's going on here? Because clearly something is more than oh even a commenter says it has odin eyes an odin eyed husky would be kind of yeah um i'm pretty sure that it is mystical and will give you wisdom if you ask how many of these instagram links do you expect me to share <laughs> i don't expect you to share Five, any of them six seven eight nine <laughs> ten eleven twelve thirteen <laughs> he adds more <laughs> oh my gosh there's 13 instagram links right here i'm gonna have i'm to not even sure if i'm seeing out like the relevant point, photos that we is it worth it maybe get exclamations over i can't find the husky one time to talk about all of them here's a family of reindeer uh, i'm clicking through all of these and i can't find the husky one you're talking about i did include a cute puppy picture i can't find the husky picture he was talking about um let's see oh there oh the baby no why did i just say baby it's a puppy the puppy no, that's not the one he was. No, I only see one eye. Okay, it is the one that ends with B Q F V R V J R O U. It's number. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> did you find it or not? Yeah, I did. Okay. So it's heterochromia. Yeah, heterochromia. It looks like he's just missing an eye because of how dark the right eye is. It does. It's- yeah, I was gonna say normally it's not dark. But if he's missing an eye, that makes him Odin. Yeah. Right. I couldn't tell if he was actually missing an eye or if it was just super dark. I've never seen heterochromia be super dark in one eye. It's normally like blue and green or something like that. I've, I've, I feel like all the ones I've ever seen, it's been blue and brown. Well, I mean, it could be that like, I just typically not a dark brown though. Not Yeah, not that dark. This is like black and like icy blue. I almost wonder if it's been like modified at all before they put it up. It seems likely. You can't modify pictures. <laughs> Society would crumble if that was possible. <laughs> there was a group out of like University of Washington that was able to take everything Obama had like just from there being so much video of him and was able to like put together it, like stringing together some computer stuff was able to make a fake message from Obama that like was completely antithetical to what Obama would ever say and showed people. And they were just like, when did he say it? Like it was then, then they told him at the end, like this video is faked. And then that made them like question everything because they could no longer believe video. In other Scandinavian news, Lego is a really cool building toy. But the problem with it is that all the bricks are made out of plastic, which is not particularly sustainable. Uh, and news recently came out that Lego is going to start making their plants 
out of plans. So the the switching to a plastic that is made from sugarcane. And it is actually the final product is identical to the old material, but it is sourced entirely from renewable resources. That's really cool. Yeah. So I mean they're definitely not close to having all Lego be sustainable. Um because the these particular elements, which is like the the little bushes and leaves and things, um they account for one to two percent of the total plastic produced by the Lego group. So they got a ways to go, but this was it's nice to know that they are um doing what they can and working towards improving things. Let's see. Do, 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 do. do we want any more detail on that? Or is that enough? No, I think no, that's good. good. Polyethylene. Soft, durable, flexible. Sugarcane. Technically identical to those produced using conventional plastic. I don't know what technically identical means, I guess. What do you think that means? Technically, like the way... not. not I was thinking it meant... I was going to say the way it functions, like the technical aspects of it are identical. I think that's what it means. When I first read this, I thought it meant that like the final chemical product was like the same, but that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I think you're correct that it is actually talking about the function. Like they will be drop-in replacements that function exactly the same way. Um, yeah, I think that's what it means. Um, it's interesting. I, a lot of companies are running into issues where they want to make, products more sustainable but they are relying on products that are not sustainable so um it's not really just a matter of saying like oh we're gonna drop this material or that material or um you know they can't just drop a material that easily they have to find a replacement that is on par with the old one so lego is known for their high standards um another company that i've heard about this with is apple they are kind of leading the way in the recyclability of their products but sometimes they run into issues like the cables the plastic that's used in the cables um when they wanted to drop pvc they had to find something that was just as good as pvc and that was pretty tough to do and honestly i i feel like i noticed the switch uh, but i didn't know what was happening i just thought that all the cables were getting flimsier for some reason. And then I heard that they had actually changed to a more sustainable material. And so, you know, it's a tough thing to do. It's not just like, well, I guess we should stop using that done. So that's why this stuff takes so long. I'm rambling. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the materials are adopted for a reason because they have certain properties that we like and, they become wide, widely used for a reason. And so it's it's hard to, as you were saying, it's hard to turn the ship when it's yeah. got that much momentum. But it's good to see small steps being yeah. made to do that. So next topic, should we go with something environmentally related or something tree related? 
<laughs> Let's say tree related. Okay. Baby Groot. What do you guys think about Baby Groot? What is his nature? Do you think he's actually Groot? I think it's like if we were able to cut off one of our fingers and then grow a new body from that finger. I think if he wasn't Groot, it would be really funny if that came out and then people were like, did you know about this? I am Groot. Liar! (laughs) He's been lying to us. The only... I guess that's true. He always says, I am Groot, and he's consistent with that, so we gotta trust the guy. (laughs) Yeah, so... Um, so do you think he's still the same person? Actually, I have a, oh, well, there's a art chip. I'm I supposed to not say things. The thing that you're thinking of is probably the thing that I put this on here for. Okay. Then I'm not going to mention, so, I won't mention okay. that yet, but I was going to say in recent news. Oh, oh go yeah, ahead. No, say? actually it'll be better. Okay. After. Okay. The reason we're talking about this in recent news, the internet was all a flutter. Is that the word? I don't know. The internet was As a mess. want to do a buzz. Thing, things, a buzz, a Twitter. That's good. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, enough with the preamble. James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, tweeted in a conversation with some fans, First Groot is dead. Baby Groot is his son. People are not happy about this. So is he the ultimate authority? On, like, I don't know. I guess that's my first thought is like, just because he's the director doesn't mean he is the Marvel one calling the shots, but he might be. I don't know for sure. I think the bottom line is that he's just messing with the person. <laughs> that could be. Um, I would say that that almost bear, not quite bears, but um there are certain this is where i'm going to abstract it too much um there are certain schools of buddhism that the way the reincarnation works the thought of reincarnation works is not so much like an immutable soul transferring from body to body to body upon different lifespans it's more akin to the, the example they use is how if you had a candle that was lit and you held the wick of the candle, like of an unlit candle above that candle, but didn't touch it, it would eventually catch fire from that. And in essence, take the, take the fire from it. They almost view it as like one entity doing actions. And then that impacts the next one down the line without being the same at all. Interesting. Which kind of is suckier in a way, but (laughs) I okay. I've skimmed more of the conversation while also listening very intently to what you were saying. And James Gunn actually seems pretty serious about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was some argument about if you had to save, um, which one would you save? And it's like a picture of Baby Groot and a picture of a pork. And he started arguing with somebody about this. Said if you choose the pork, then you're murdering a sentient being. But then I, he just keeps going on about how Baby Groot doesn't have the memories. He, real, like, first Groot would know which button to push. Somebody brings up Kevin, is it Fage? Fage? I've Fage. heard people say Feige, but I don't know if that's Feige? true. Feige? Okay. Somebody mentions in 2016, Kevin Feige said 
Groot remembers what happened in the original Guardians. He's not mentally a baby. He's still Groot. Um, but then James Gunn responds. He has since taken that back because he discovered he was incorrect. So I, <laughs> I don't know. James Gunn seems pretty serious about this. I don't really buy it. Um, and I wanted to express my displeasure. It adds like a sad note to it in a way that I think if people thought about, it would kind of ruin, <laughs> ruin the dynamics in the group. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. It's, I understand that he had a mental reset to the state of being a baby, but I don't think that necessarily means he's a different person. I don't think he is in the comics when that type of thing happens. So, but then that does it happen regularly. It, it is literally, they did a relaunch in, in like 2012 in prep for the movie, just so people would have something fresh to go back to. It was like literally the first thing that happened almost. <laughs> and Rocket's like, don't worry, I got you, and gets a twig and plants it. Like, he wasn't torn up about it at all. <laughs> he was totally torn up about it in the movie. Yeah, because they made more of a... I don't think there was a guarantee... I don't think he knew there was any chance of him going back. I don't know. Spoilers for a movie that came out three years ago, by the way. Three? Four? Um, there's a, four? There's a c- oh, yeah, clear four. analog between this and another franchise that we love star trek in oh man this there this is going to be spoiler territory for did you did you read the twitter thread? hey did no. you read the no i didn't because james gunn brings this up oh go ahead though i that's, well, that's interesting okay, actually so, no i think it was the other person who brought it up i don't know somebody i saw this mentioned i know what you're about to say Okay. Yeah, it was it was the other guy in the conversation. Tell me what I'm about to say. No, never mind. I'll just say it. So uh Spock dies. They jettison his body onto the planet that just had this new machine that that brought things to life. And then in Search for Spock, it's all the story is focused on that he's regenerating and he starts from essentially a, like it restarts his life cycle. Um, but then in a journey home, they actually have to do some kind of ceremony to bring his soul back to him. So it's almost like just the, the restarting of the body didn't mean that it was the same person until the soul came back. Okay. You know, is that what the person said? Oh, I skimmed back through the conversation and the, the Spock comparison is actually from the Kevin Feige quote. He's not mentally a baby. He is still Groot. I sort of equate it to Spock circa the end of Search for Spock or The Voyage Home. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't give as much detail, but that's interesting that you made the same connection as Kevin Feige. Yeah. They should let you run the franchise. I think I'd do a good job. <laughs> um, I'm not umming your comment about doing a good job. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I People got really upset about this. I wondered why they were so upset because I assumed that James Gunn was just yanking people's chains, but it seems like he was serious. So now I'm upset too. So I Googled, it's just a bad take James Gunn. I'm sorry. I Googled to see if there was a definite way to pronounce Kevin F's name. (laughs) Um, And I found a Reddit thread and this is what it says. How do you pronounce? I'm going to say Feige just for the sake of it. Uh, Feige. Others say it's Feige. G as in (laughs) G-I-F. <laughs> Others. <laughs> 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 I 
that was, that's definitely a troll. And there's other things going on. And the, then the first comment is, Gia's in GIF. Do you want to start a new argument here? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just the worst possible thing to choose. Um, okay, so the last thing I was going to say about this was, I it makes sense to me that he is the same person, but his mind has to regrow in the same way that his body has to regrow. I have a different interpretation in that he's already the same person, but he really just wants to mess around with everyone. So he takes advantage (laughs) and lets people treat him like a baby so he can get away with more stuff. That makes a lot of sense, actually. (laughs) Uh, We're already at the one hour mark, which is more like the 45 minute mark. Um, Are we actually going to get to the Black Panther stuff? It's actually fairly short. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. We done with Groot? Yep. Yep. Okay. I feel like... I just feel bad that like nobody else has. I feel like I'm dominating with all of I like, anyway. Stop feeling bad. You're using okay. more time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a question for Dustin about kitchen efficiency. Um, do you feel ready to science? I feel ready to show off my kitchen expertise. <laughs> okay. This is more of a physics question. Okay. Okay. My cooking um, history is coming online. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. Okay. So, uh, here's the situation. When I make coffee, I I filter the water in a pure pitcher, and then I heat up the water in an electric kettle, and then I pour the heated water into the mug that I'm going to use to heat up the mug while I brew the coffee, because... That way the coffee holds its temperature longer instead of uh, going way too fast through the ideal temperature. Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't heat up the, yes. the cup, Makes then sense. the temperature just plummets. So I warm up the cup by putting hot water in. So at the point where I have the coffee brewed and I'm ready to press the coffee into the mug, I have to get that water out of the way. My options are to either pour the water out into the sink, thus wasting the filtered water, or I can pour the cooled down filtered water back into the coffee pot, and then I press the coffee into the cup. But at that point, the way that the AeroPress works, it brews it like double strength, and then you have to kind of water it back down, uh, sort of like a, an Americano. And so if I pour the water back into the pot so that I'm not wasting filtered water, I then have to heat the water back up again because the total temperature of the water in the pot goes down by about 20 or 30 degrees when I pour the cup back in. Uh, So really? It does. Yeah. That's surprising. Does that seem like too much? (laughs) Yeah. It seems a lot. Yeah. It surprised me the first time I saw the indication as well. But I have like the there's the thermometer on the kettle because telling me okay. what the temperature is in there. So the I'm assuming there's much more water in the kettle than there is in the mug that you're pouring yes. back into the kettle. Yes. So okay. Carry on. <laughs> Although it would probably be more efficient if I didn't overfill the kettle with way more water way more water than I was going to use. But so the question here is is it more efficient to just throw the water out so that I'm not heating the whole pot up again 
to add the water on top of my brewed coffee? Or is it more efficient to put the filtered water back in the kettle, heat it up again before I add it back to the cup? Okay. I have a a third option that I would like to throw at you. Put the water back into the pure filter. Interesting. Would that do anything to the filter? I guess would be my question. It's not that hot. It's if it's dropping if if it is cold enough that it's able to drop the the temperature of a much larger mass of water by twenty to thirty degrees. It's still like one seventy five. I'm. It's got to be at least one fifty still. I would check check your check and see if the filter packaging says anything. I feel like that might actually compromise the filter itself. It's carbon. It's just like charcoal dust. That's true. I will grant you that. <laughs> it still just feels wrong. <laughs> okay. So the only worry then would be, for me, the degradation of the plastic and yeah. any sort of holding material that holds. So the, the actual filtering material is not going to be hurt by a temperature change. But I I still contend that what what temperature does water boil? 220 Fahrenheit to 212. Why did I say okay? And you say that it's dropping, yeah, the temperature of the kettle by 20 to 30 degrees. Yes, so it has to be a lot colder than that, than 175. Yeah, yeah, because that is only well, the kettle is only heated to 205. Oh, then it's definitely colder than 175. And then at the point where I pour it. At the point where I pour it back into the pot, the temperature drops to like 170, okay. 180. So new question, where is the thermometer in the pot? I don't know. Okay. As an, from an energy efficiency perspective, is the kettle warm enough that you could still use that water if you didn't pour it into the kettle? The or would you have to turn the kettle back on? I would not have to turn the kettle back on if I wasn't pouring that other okay. water back in. So here's what you do. You either, if if there's, you check the packaging on the filter to see if there's a problem with using hot water in it. Or just get pour it into another glass that you will then, after it cools more, pour into the filter. Because I think it's wasteful to pour it in the sink but it's also wasteful to pour it into the kettle and have to turn it on. So then you're just letting the the energy that you put into the water naturally dissipate into the air while still keeping the water and not having to add in more energy to the system. Okay. And you may not like that, but it doesn't See, get this anything is the, dirty. <laughs> this is the kind of science wisdom I was looking for. Okay. Um it you just then you just have to let a, a another glass air dry after you put it back into the filter. Yeah, I will. I do think, okay. So adding a second mug to the equation, which can just air dry easily. I think that is the solution. Although once I'm done brewing the cup of coffee, then I think I would just pour the water back into the kettle rather than filtering it again. That makes sense. That works too. And then it'll just be ready to heat up the next time. Yeah. Okay. A second mug. (laughs) Scienced.
Thank you, Dustin. <laughs> no problem. Matthew, would you like to tell us about the news item that you brought to our attention? Oh, that, uh, yeah, so Disney's been talking about, I, at least I feel like I've continually seen rumors about um, there being a live action Star Wars series that they were going to put on the streaming service that'll be coming out next year, I think is what they're targeting. So again, that'll be just something that is a big draw for that service that they're saving for that point. Um, and they've announced a little bit more about it. They've attached John Favreau, who did Iron Man and um, was Happy Hogan in Iron Man, and then has gone on now to do like that new Jungle Book, and he's going to be doing the Lion King that's coming out, the live-action Lion King that's coming out. But most importantly, voices in Star Wars The Clone Wars and Solo. Oh, and he did Elf, I guess, too. So if you want just the wide range oh, yeah. of stuff. Um, but he is going to be the executive producer of that series, which isn't the necessarily the biggest thing. But he's also going to actually write the series. So they've, they're have they definitely trying to attach their house talent, I guess, in a way, to that. So it seems interesting. I don't know. It's Having enjoyed Iron Man, I... I'm interested to see where that goes. I'm just mad that Dave Filoni isn't running everything. Who is Dave Filoni? Dave Filoni is the guy who did Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Oh. Star Wars Rebels is about to come to an end. Um, and I think he's going to do another animated show after that. So I guess he wants to stay in animation. But he is the closest thing there is to a direct apprentice of George Lucas. He's positively received. I feel like that those things have been well received, right? I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah, he's done a really good job with them. He he somehow rides the line very well between making people happy with new things and also having some amount of George Lucas related cred. So it's like, I mean, people like if if they announced, for instance, George Lucas is doing the new TV show or something crazy like that people would not be happy because they're still mad about the prequels um but dave filoni somehow has like all the positives of he was working really closely with george but also has done really good new stuff i wonder if they wouldn't try to get him on as some level of interaction they i do seriously think they should have him advising on stuff which i guess i don't know if he's on the story group or anything i don't really know who the story group is um but i certainly hope that they are consulting him at some level because he seems to get some things about star wars that um other jjs don't (laughs) (laughs) anyway i'm fairly neutral on john favreau doing the show but it'll probably not be bad um and just to clarify this is not the John Favreau who is on the political podcast Pod Save America. Different John Favreau. The guy in Chef. What? He's in the movie Chef. Oh, I didn't know that. Or like wrote it? I don't I think know he wrote and directed wrote. it, didn't he? Yeah. And started. Are you just looking at IMDb to see like his most obscure credit? No, I actually I've seen that one. Oh, okay. it's pretty good. Oh, what's it? It's on Netflix, and I've thought to thought it might be interesting, but I have not seen it. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. And you guys aren't talking about Ratatouille? No, okay, we're not. 
but it's along the same vein as Ratatouille because it's about cooking. Except it's like if the rat was John Favreau. Right. Or did he wait? No, he's not in it. He wrote it. This still doesn't matter. Okay. And starred in. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. It was good. I would watch it if I were you guys. Interesting. So what is war good for? <laughs> so that is a lead into a, I guess now our follow up about Black Panther. We forgot. We were low. You mean Black Panther part three? Well, <laughs> BP three. Yeah. There was so much and we were so overwhelmed that there was just a number of things we did not get to. The most egregious omission of which is the fact that this movie features war rhinos. Beautiful war rhinos. Who are not only adept at the arts of war, they are very tender and are constantly stopping to lick lick people and express their affection in the middle of battle. So maybe they're not the most effective war rhinos, but they are magnificent (laughs) rhinos. Someone I know, one of the comments they had for me after seeing Black Panther was that the rhinos were lame. What? That's the dumbest hot take I've heard on this movie. (laughs) And I've told you some of the other hot takes I've heard. (laughs) They just don't like good things. I don't know if I can formulate a good response to that. I can't even tell you how happy I have been every time I've watched this movie and the rhinos run out and I'm just like, yeah. Wait, how many times have you watched this movie? Three. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Must be. You've got that. Movie pass. Yeah, movie pass. Yeah. No, the rhinos were awesome. Yeah, we're a little behind on our schedule of other movies we were going to watch because we just keep seeing Black Panther again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the rhinos were wonderful. Um, And every time they're on screen in the battle, I just think like, you know, technically they're kind of the bad guys right now, but they don't know what they're doing. They're just they're just doing their job. Like they're just they just want to snuggle everybody with their horn. (laughs) The closer. (laughs) (laughs) And so, okay, even before before the rhinos even come on the scene, I remember thinking about the way throughout the movie, you essentially have Wakandans using their Wakandan weaponry to take down large vehicles as if they are large game. So like a car, a floaty ship, um, they're just like spearing stuff and taking it down. But then when it's time to actually take down a rhino, he actually does it very gently. It doesn't even hurt him. He just kind of like lays him down, pins him under some wreckage. He's like, just stay there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking at that. I was like slightly worried when they showed up because I was like, no, I don't want to see them hurt. But then I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Like you could tell they're probably going to walk away from that. Yeah. They just got swept up in the in what was happening and they they didn't fully understand the situation. They're just following orders. Yeah, they were just following <laughs> That makes it sound so much worse. <laughs> it's my first day. <laughs> that excuse has never been used by anyone bad. I I feel like it's different if you're a rhino. Mm. Like, they're just rhinoing. And it was my birthday. And, okay, I also want to... <laughs> I also want to mention, I there have been at least two times I can think of that I have seen a movie entirely because I wanted to see animals wearing armor. So like, um, the golden compass I saw entirely because I wanted to see polar bears wearing armor. I saw guardians of Kahul entirely because I wanted to see owls wearing armor. 
I've so. never heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what was it okay. called? What was the full name? Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul, or something. Legend of the Guardians, Owls of Gahul, something. I don't know. It has some really convoluted name, and it's like the <laughs> dumbest movie you've ever seen. It was pretty bad. Um, but man, Owls in Battle Armor. It was kind of hard to deny how cool that was. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I didn't even know this was going to have armored animals. And I saw the rhinos the first time, just like chilling in its pin. And I was like, that's a pretty cool rhino. And then they showed up later and I was like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I was so disappointed in myself for not bringing them up in the last episode or in the last two episodes, which by the way, I feel we should mention, um, we're going through things here that we, or at least I forgot to mention in our initial discussion, but we are recording this just a little bit after the release of part one and before the release of part two. So we don't have any follow-up from like any listener feedback or anything. This is all our, uh, uh, host feedback. <laughs> um, yeah, it's our own follow-up. So listener Trevor wrote maybe in. We'll, <laughs> maybe we'll have more later. I don't know. But these are the things we forgot to mention. Or rhinos. They're cool. What else is there, Matthew? Um, I would, kind of keeping with previous discussion, I wanted to see if you guys thought this was supposed to be a, like, uh, throwback's the wrong word, um, a reference or kind of a callback to a previous moment. There's a point where Black Panther, when they're in outside the claw interrogation room and Black Panther sees a, or a, there's a grenade that's been thrown in and he throws himself on it, which makes sense because he's got a vibration absorbing suit or what, or kinetic energy absorbing suit. Um, but that almost felt like it might, I don't know. It, it's kind of a generic action. So I wanted to see if you guys thought it seemed like it could be a callback to when Steve Rogers threw himself on a grenade in Captain America. They're very different scenarios, I guess. But again, it could just be showing that he is someone who would throw himself on a grenade, even though he did a very cold calculation that he would be fine about. Like he was the right call. And Captain America, in that case, was throwing it on there thinking he was going to die. Yeah, like Steve Rogers literally thought he was going to die in that moment. But I don't know. It could still function as a call as a callback. Just in terms of like didn't... replicating visual language, I guess. Yeah. The visual of it was very similar. I mean, it feels like there could have been plenty of ways for somebody with the technology he had access to to deal with the grenade another way mm-hmm. or even just pick it up and throw it back or something. Um, I The way I was just – it just – I felt like plugged into my thought that they were kind of putting in the ways that he was similar to – Iron Man and Cap and Thor as a way to like cement him as the new center of the universe going forward Hmm. or as a center, I guess. I don't know. It was just a thought. So I thought that would just wanted to point that out. It made sense. I mean, on the one hand, it doesn't have to be a callback because it is just kind of a general action thing happening. But on the other hand, as soon as you said it to me, it made complete sense. I don't know. It's just a, it, something to think about, I guess, as you continue to watch it many more times. I thought of something else um, similar to... Okay, so in our first 
discussion about this, Matthew mentioned that the boys in blue with their shields might sort of be a sort of subtle reference to the police practice of kettling protesters. Um, And in a similar vein, I noticed another potential real world parallel or uh, evoke, I don't know. I noticed a similar sort of thing that might be symbolic, I guess. Um, anyway, I I don't know if these are actually intentional or if it's just fun to think about them in ways that are potentially ridiculous. But in the casino, when Stan Lee steals a large pile of chips from T'Challa, is that supposed to symbolize the wealth that Stan Lee accrued by appropriating African culture Whoa. and other people's work. <laughs> and if it was, would Stanley willingly participate in such a cameo? <laughs> I think he just does what they tell him to at this point. The first two times I just thought it was funny. And then the third time I was like, wait, he actually did this. <laughs> anyway, mm, that was probably not what he thought about, but yeah. it totally works. I mean, I mean, there's the obvious issue of him profiting off of Black Panther, uh, which is appropriated culture, or it contains many appropriated cultural elements, I should say. Um, but then uh, even more than that, he was kind of known for stealing other people's work, wasn't he? Or stealing credit? Or is that something that people don't like to talk about? Um, I, I think there is some, I don't think. I don't think known for is the wrong, that'd be the wrong way of saying it. There were instances. Uh, uh, Though it's more like absorbing credit when it should have been shared, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm going for. Like he wasn't ripping off things, but it's the, um, yeah, like the stuff with, uh, Slade Wilson. He wasn't involved with that. He was long gone at that point. (laughs) Um, but like, didn't Jack Kirby partly leave Marvel because yeah. he wasn't getting credit for stuff that he had done? Yeah. I mean, that was part of, yeah, it's that whole thing. And I mean, Black Panther is credited to Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, right? I believe that is the case. So did Stan Lee actually have any role or was that just borrowed credit? Is it actually entirely Stan Lee's creation? Or I mean, Jack Kirby's creation. Um, Jack Kirby, isn't Jack Kirby more of the illustrator? Like it's a team, team thing. I don't actually know. I'm just, (laughs) I don't know about these things. I just talk about them on the internet. Oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. He's an illustrator. I think he does, did, I think he's one of those character, he's from a period where you weren't as as finely delineated. So I think he did do some writing. I just don't know the... So he's more like the writer and Jack Kirby was the illustrator. That's typically how it went. That makes sense. Okay. This might also be one of those things that kind of gets blown out of proportion as people talk about it and learn about it. Cause, um, I don't know. I've been hearing some stuff about Tesla lately. You know, Like, I mean the past few years, I feel like there's been a lot of coverage of like bad things that Edison did, but more recently I've heard some stuff kind of explaining like, yeah, that kind of happened, but like, it's kind of getting blown out of proportion at this point. Like he didn't necessarily intentionally screw Tesla over at every turn. <laughs> anyway, 
that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. Anyway, Dustin, did you have anything that you forgot to mention? I did. Um, those poor river people, river tribe. I felt sorry for them every time I saw them. Why is that? How do they eat? <laughs> How do they not drool everywhere? It's just the one guy, right? That has the big no disc in his lip. No, it was anyone from the river tribe. Like there are more people like that. Oh, they that. all had that? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Pretty sure. I saw people in this as he's walking through the city um, that had the same kind of lip piercing. And I don't remember on the barge if they did, but uh, yeah, I kind of cringed every time I saw it. And I realized that that's just... It's a cultural thing, and but I couldn't help feeling bad for having such a heavy object in your mouth. Yeah, it's definitely one of those cultural things that I do not really get. And I was wondering how they did it for the movie, too. Maybe they really have that. Pretty sure they don't. I actually looked up pictures for the, the leader guy. Oh, okay. Because I was like, surely he didn't actually do that. <laughs> I think that takes like years to, so i don't think you right yeah one would hope <laughs> I, well we talked about how there were several continental africans in this movie oh yeah fair enough. and i actually i think of that kind of thing more in the context of south american uh indigenous cultures i don't know if i've seen giant lip piercings in or maybe i'm just misplacing where i've seen them i don't know much about that sort of thing it is possible that i'm thinking of the earlobe enlargement instead of oh yeah lip enlargement uh do you think michael b jordan actually made little scars all over his body yes (laughs) for one for every person he killed yeah yeah as he was preparing for the movie yeah he just it's method acting right yeah so if it's method acting did he actually kill that many people oh yeah right yeah (laughs) one for every person that he killed most definitely. And he's got to walk the walk, right? Walk the talk. Yeah. That's, I mean, I've heard that that's really the only way to have a good villain in a superhero movie. Is to become a good villain. Method acting. In real life. Yeah. Method, method. acting. Yeah. Just don't follow. Never mind. I was thinking of Heath Ledger's Joker, if that's what you were. Yeah. 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 Well, this just got sad instead of funny. <laughs> yeah. What's our next thing on the list? Oh, I I added one because I thought of something. Um, there are some issues I have with the Jabari tribe and how things work. So the joke that gets... Why wasn't I consulted? Sorry. The joke that gets played is they threaten to... The M'Baku threatens to feed um, Ross to his children and then says, no, no, after he's laughing, it's like, no, no, don't worry, we're vegetarians. That's really funny. One question is, why do vegetarians have fishermen that caught the Black Panther? I've been thinking about this, and he never says the entire tribe is vegetarian. Only that he and his children are vegetarian. Okay, I made it, I guess I took it to be, they are, like, we're vegetarians to be him speaking in the royal we that encompasses the entire tribe. That was what I thought at first until I started thinking about the fact that they had fishermen. 
Um, the other option would be that they're actually pescatarian. Or the other option uh-huh. being that it was inconsistent and they did a joke that they didn't fully write out. Because yeah. my other... I can tell you. My other question is, how are you vegetarian I, on I, an ice mountain with no agricultural ability? Well, I was going to say, I have been to restaurants during my time as a vegetarian where the entire vegetarian menu consisted of fish. And I did not eat fish. So like, there are definitely people out there who think that that's what vegetarian means. Because obviously fish are plants. Well, I um, have a question for you and guys. And fish may be the only plants that can grow on a frozen mountain. <laughs> it Just generally, when you have mount, like cultures of people living in mountains, they're very animal-based. And if yeah. not like eating animals, then eating the... He's also wearing huge furs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, here's another thought. Maybe the fishermen are catching the fish to use as fertilizer. So they do not, in fact, eat the fish themselves, but they use them as fertilizer. Isn't that making you accessory to... Like, I figure if you're going to be vegetarian, it's not like you're doing it somewhat out of a moral argument. So like, oh, we can kill these things because they help us not kill more... I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it it doesn't hold up, but I'm just, just spitballing here. I have another explanation. He uses the term fisherman to in the sense of someone that catches something from water, but what they're really catching are all the sticks and leaves that oh yeah that float down the river. And they just thought it would, they considered it and decided that calling them stickermen was not a good long-term plan. Exactly. Because there were so many children being disappointed on a daily basis when the stickerman <laughs> came through and he did not in fact have any stickers. Yes. I think that is the most logical explanation for what what's going on here also just thinking like rivers are the op like a river valley is almost the opposite of where the mountain peaks are that poor fisherman has such a long walk every day maybe the jabari fishermen are actually fishers of men that's why they were able to so easily retrieve (laughs) t'challa or maybe he's just making a joke because they found him in the river and so that makes them fishermen because they fished him out. Alternatively, if he was already going to be screwing with Ross just for a laugh, he could have just screwed with him again with the we're vegetarians line. So he doesn't. Yeah, that's possible. Definitely not that there's an inconsistency, though. That's not plausible. It does often mess with people if you tell them you're vegetarian. I can attest to this. <laughs> I would love if that had been the thing. And like, it just made every, like. All this other stuff, could, like they're in the middle of a coup, there's all this violence happening, and they're just like, sorry, we're vegetarians, and then just everyone gets really uncomfortable. Wait, yeah. what? You Wait, don't... why are you vegetarian? Tell me why you're vegetarian <laughs> right now. I need to know why. Bacon is the most delicious thing. You need to tell me why you're vegetarian. Why You have to have a good reason for this. Well, why do you eat meat? I just, because everybody eats meat. You're the only one who doesn't. Why are you vegetarian? <laughs> there, I just described seven years of my life to you. <laughs> You forgot the part where then someone... Yes, Ross doing that. Ross would become significantly less likable if he did that. You've... And then he starts cracking jokes about... Oh my gosh. People think they're so original. You forgot the part where like then the meat is consumed while they're constantly like side-eyeing or like making jokes. Like, this really bugs you, doesn't it? Huh? Like, just stuff. <laughs> or... mm, I sure did love killing this animal before <laughs> eating it. <laughs> Poured yeah. the blood all over my body. I'm wearing its skin. There's nothing to make somebody feel creative with recycled jokes like 
picking up vegetarians. I people just go nuts. It's weird. Anyway, I don't know. That's just the stuff I thought of that seemed mildly inconsistent. But honestly, if that's the biggest problem, then good. And all of you out there making jokes about vegetarians or about animals being made out of food, you are on notice. <laughs> we're on to you. We know your jokes are recycled. Well, Matthew, I'm. they were previously conceived to be problems, but now that we've talked through it, we realize that there aren't any problems. Well, yeah. As usually is the case, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, any other questions? Black Panther raised some questions for me about Civil War. Did it raise questions for you guys, or should I just jump into mine? It's more appropriately be called the war between the party. No, I don't know. Yeah, go on. <laughs> oh, please no. <laughs> it was for superhero rights. It wait, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually about ethics in superhero journalism. <laughs> okay, so the question none of those questions. Actual good questions. Um okay, so we get a pretty clear picture in Black Panther about how the heart-shaped herb grants the powers um, and it can be removed and regranted, etc. and so forth. So I had already kind of wondered why T'Challa had a panther suit just ready to go. Like, does he always travel with a panther suit just in case his dad dies? That had been my previous question. Mm-hmm. But now my question is, did he have the heart-shaped herb with him? I think he'd already ingested it. Did he, like, when? Because it's supposed to happen after coronation, and he but, would never have been coronated. But he had it before coronation, because he had to have why? it removed. I think he but would why have, did he? Right. He'd already assumed the role of Black Panther. Black Panther doesn't necessarily mean the king 100%. In a way. I mean, did you see his father before he died? So do they have... Like a heart-shaped football that they travel with? I think... And so, like, if the king dies, then the aide who's carrying the heart-shaped football gives <laughs> the herb to the next in line so they can immediately no, go no, into no. action? I think you're overthinking it. I think his dad had abdicated role of Black Panther to him a long time ago, not role of king. Right. Oh. He was already acting Black Panther. Oh. See, that makes a lot of sense. That makes more sense than saying I'm overthinking it because clearly this is worth thinking about. Which is why I said, did you, did you see his dad before he died? I don't think he's going to be jumping around stopping vehicles. And His dad did not look particularly fit. It would true. make sense to me if before you hand someone the, the responsibility of running a whole country, you hand them the ability, like, and ha- like, the responsibilities of having some superpowers to see if that corrupts them or anything. That's almost like a test to see. Just like Spider-Man. If you're nothing without the heart-shaped herb, you don't deserve the heart-shaped herb. Well, it's more like... Wait. They know they can take away the power of the heart-shaped herb if they absolutely need to. They might not be able to take away the power of being king the way they had it. I guess they could, by, but you'd have to... Fight them and win, and that's not a guarantee. Like a bees. I mean, if T'Challa ended up being a bad Black Panther, they could have just given some heart-shaped herb to M'Baku and said, hey, can you help us out here? Or Shuri. I'm just going with the plot of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. 
I'm satisfied. Oh, I had one other thing, actually. When he's traveling back from, is it Berlin? Vienna? Vienna. Wherever he's, no, they had been at an airport in Berlin, right? Oh, that was in, I don't think it was Berlin. Was it, I thought it was some other German city. Berlin. Was it? Okay. German city, Berlin. But. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where it was. Um, when he was traveling back from wherever, back to, uh, well, he didn't go straight back to Wakanda, did he? Or no, he, I guess. Leipzig. At the beginning of the movie. <laughs> that's my point. At the beginning of the movie. I found another continuity issue. What? In that when I was looking up the airport, which is Leipzig. I might be saying that wrong. Um, Berlin. Which is what I, I wanted to say Leipzig, but I, I was like, ah, I don't know if that's, if I'm just remembering a random city, but that's what it was. Um. So when what sets off the whole Civil War thing is that the Scarlet Witch accidentally, well, not even, she throws up the exploding bomb and it kills several Wakandan humanitarian workers. Yeah. Does that make sense? No. I mean, like, it makes sense in the sense that there would be Wakandan humanitarian workers based on how they set up Wakanda in this movie. Yeah, because we've been told that they haven't been doing anything. Yeah, and that they're all a they everyone thinks they're a super they're kind of isolated, but then they're also super agrarian, undeveloped. So like even having humanitarian workers on the off chance that like they wouldn't have the public presence and then having a humanitarian workers based on the way everyone else has an attitude towards them would be laughable. Like every that would raise eyebrows. Not laughable. I mean like people would be like, "Why are you what?" Like I think it would it just doesn't line up with the image. And that's that's why T'Chaka and T'Challa were at the UN to talk about that. So it's kind of important, but also doesn't make a lot of sense. So yeah, and they're talking about like there's this is the first Wakandan out, outreach center at the end of Black Panther. So why I don't know. I guess they could have a, just a center versus that could be semantics, but it just doesn't quite line up now. Yeah, Marvel is unraveling. <laughs> As it's going to turn in into the, Star Wars. We're pulling the threads. It's unraveling in the weekend where Black Panther crosses $1 billion. <laughs> right. No, I'm talking about story-wise. Okay. We're pulling the threads and it's just falling apart. We should get some red yarn. <laughs> some cork board. Okay. Uh, I have two fairly quick real-world connections. One, at the beginning of the movie there is some news coverage playing and it mentions it, it kind of describes Wakanda in the coverage about how it's a third world country and stuff. And I, the first time I saw it, I didn't realize how much it was setting up for like how Wakanda is viewed and how they're about to break out into the world and everything. Uh, but it made me think of how other countries are actually covered by U S news organizations Uh, like in real life. And it reminds me of, there's a, a series of articles on slate called if it happened there. And this is an ongoing project that's been going since 2013. Uh, They don't do a whole lot of articles, but there's a, maybe a dozen or so dozen, dozen and a half. Um, And they basically take a U.S. news story and write it as if it happened in another country. So 
I will throw the link for the series so people can go check this out. But just a brief sample from one article from, where's the date? January 30th, 2014. If it happened there, in brutal contest of strength and strategy, a culture is revealed. East Rutherford, United States. This Sunday, the eyes of millions of Americans will turn to a fetid, I should ask you guys how to pronounce this, fetid, 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 or fetid, East Rutherford, United States. This Sunday, the eyes of millions of Americans will turn to a fetid marsh in the industrial hinterlands of New York City oh, for the country's word. most important fetid. sporting event. And some would say the key to understanding its proud but violent culture. Um, That's not really a very good sample, but. Did I? Did you say I pronounced it wrong? Still, um, I didn't realize what word you were saying, so I was hearing something different. It's I think it typically is like feeded, like F E T I D. Feeded, okay. Um, or fetid. I guess it depends on if you're British. I've always pronounced it fetid. Fetid is more the British way, but I then hear people say feeded. Uh, closing paragraph: Foreign human rights NGOs have often found it difficult to reconcile their respect and appreciation for America's rich cultural heritage with their shock at the violence, excess, and wastefulness of this event. But however problematic the international community may find the game, it is a rare unifying tradition that binds most segments of a society increasingly divided by class, culture, and geography. <laughs> um, gosh, this doesn't seem as strange as it did when it first came out. <laughs> oh, man. We're really through the looking glass, aren't we? Okay. Um, but it doesn't bind as well anymore. The thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a better sample here because how would the US media cover anti vaxxers if they were in another country? Um man, this stuff just doesn't seem as weird as it did then. Political chaos as regime purges powerful security chief. That's a more recent one. Oh man, this stuff I don't know. When I first read these, they seemed really funny and a really interesting lens into how other countries are covered, but our own news is so weird these days that it's harder to get the perspective, I guess. I don't know. Looking at the Duck Dynasty one. Yeah. How would the U.S. media dispute? Wait. How would the U.S. media cover Duck Dynasty if it weren't another country? In dispute over Duck Kingpin's comments, a society's fault lines are revealed. The daily lives of a clan of bearded, well-armed religious fundamentalists in one of this country's most remote and least developed areas might seem like an unlikely, or might seem like unlikely source material for a heartwarming television comedy. But over 10 million Americans regularly tune in to watch the antics of the Robertson family of the rural Louisiana state. In recent weeks, however, remarks made by the family's charismatic patriarch have drawn controversy and exposed a growing cultural rift in American society. Robertson's lowbrow public image might make him seem an unlikely leader, but after all, this is a country where a professional wrestler can become the governor of a populous northern state, and an actor who once co-starred with a chimpanzee could become president. The events of the past month could be an indication of the nation's elites that this backwoods insurgent with a massive popular following and extensive access to firearms may now become too powerful to stop both your- <laughs> I this doesn't this just I feel like this is the same thing I read every week though. These don't seem as weird as they did when they came out. On that depressing note, well, eh, maybe these aren't as good as they were before, but I don't know. I wish they would write more of these things. Maybe they can't now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Anyway. I mean, it's kind of the same problem we have with parody these days, and that like the thing that used to be the parody is now actually happening. So how do you write a parody of it? Yeah. 
uh, in the very last point, I did not talk about the issue of like what Wakanda represents and Wakanda represents basically what would an uncolonized Africa look like. And I've heard a lot of people say that it's just really unrealistic and there aren't any countries like that, but uh, bottom line is colonialism happened. So (laughs) we can only speculate, I guess, about what it would look like if it hadn't. But um, I do think it's worth noting that the vibranium and the heart shaped herb in a way they're, they're obviously fantastical for this, but they have real world analogs. So for instance, a lot of Western technology, I say Western technology, I mean, there's plenty in the rest of the world, but the technology that we consider to be like the high achievement of our civilization, much of it depends on, um, elements that are frequently mined in Africa. For instance, a lot of the reason that uh, Congo is such a mess politically is that um, cobalt, a lot of cobalt comes from there. And if you have a smartphone, you own some cobalt and you are a party to this. And there's not really any way to get away from it. Like basically any electronic device depends on the mining that's happening there. And the, political and capitalistic forces that are extracting these resources are just really doing a number on things. Um, so it's just, it's interesting to think what would happen if a country actually had control of its own resources and the ability to actually benefit from them rather than simply being exploited for them. Um, in the heart shaped herb, again, obviously fantastical, but the real world analog there is that there are, hundreds of pharmaceuticals that are developed from plants that are found in, uh, in rainforests or various climbs or locations. And again, what would, what would happen if these countries hadn't been colonized and had actually had a chance to, uh, use these resources for their own good instead of just everything being thrown into disarray so that other people could profit off of it. Hmm. Um, and I, in the time since we've recorded, I've heard people kind of discuss whether it even makes sense for white people to talk about this movie. Um, uh, a white podcaster that I listened to said he wasn't going to say anything about it for a while. He was just gonna, he didn't feel like white people needed to say anything about it yet. And I don't really agree with that because... (laughs) I think white people should be talking about it too. Like there's no reason to not talk about it. Um, but it does make sense to also listen to what black people have to say about it. Um, and I think that's the important part. Don't bury yeah. other people's voices. Um, and so I will say um, this idea of what Wakanda represents and uh, all that, you can hear a much more eloquent and knowledgeable discussion of that on the same podcast that I mentioned earlier when I was talking about John Henry backstory, I will link to an episode of that, that talks about, um, talks about Wakanda and what it represents and what some of the real world analogs are that are being explored in that story. Um, and that is an African-American guy talking about it. And he certainly knows a lot more about the 
the history and real world forces at play there. Uh, and he, he talked about it on backstory, his own podcast. And then he was also a guest on, on the media where they talked about it a little, or what it was either on the media or the NPR politics podcast. I'm thinking on the media, but he basically repeated a lot of the stuff he'd said in backstory and he had more time to say it in backstory. So I'll link to the backstory episode rather than the, the other one he was a guest on. And you should check that out if you want to hear more thoughts about Wakanda. That's all I've got. How can they find the show? Oh. Well, you can find the show notes for this episode which includes links to those podcast episodes and various articles and things that we talked about. You can find them at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 32. You can find us on Twitter at betterworldsnet. You can join our Slack group if you want to talk with us about these sort of topics uh, through the week in between episodes at slack.betterworlds.net. You used to have to email us for an invitation because I didn't have it set up right. But now it's set up so you can easily sign up yourself. You just go to that address, put in your email address, and you'll be able to get in. Um, and if you want to help us out, the best thing you can do for us is review or rate the show on iTunes or the Google, whatever Google does for podcasts, or wherever else you might be listening. Um, you don't even have to write a review. Just Or buy us a stay at that. Yeah, buy us a stay at the finish resort. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, ratings really do help. So please do that. But even if you don't, thanks for listening. Go then. Should we record a brief spoiler warning to drop in before the Black Panther stuff? Or do we just leave people to their fate? Leave them to their fate. Okay. They can figure it out.